Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. How's everybody doing on this great Sunday? Awesome. Good, good, good. All right, we're going to go right into the Word of God. Amen. Powerful testimonies. The Bible says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Glory to God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you for this time and this opportunity to share your word with your people. I pray none of me but all of you grant unto me your son and your slave supernatural divine utterance that I may boldly make known the mysteries of the gospel. Thank you for the gifts of the spirit and operation. I thank you for the prophetic gift flowing freely no hindrance in that which you have given me to give to your people. And I thank you, Father, granted to them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity to share your word with your people. And God, we're so very grateful for what you, what you have done in the past and what you are doing and what you will do in the future. And we thank you. We thank you for the anointing. It is the anointing that makes the difference. And I thank you. It's the anointing that makes teaching and preaching easy. And I yield myself to the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I speak not as a mere man, but I speak as the oracles of God, your mouthpiece to your people. I thank you for this prophetic word that you've given me concerning the prayers of the kingdom. In Jesus' name, let's just lift up our hands. I want you with your own words to minister to the Lord. Take a few moments to minister to the Lord of your salvation, the God of your, your creator, your maker, your savior, your king, your, your, the lover of your soul, the, the one who is the bright and only star in your life, the, the one who, the captain of your soul, the, the, the anchor, the rock, Let's minister to him. We bless you and we love you, Lord. We love you with all of our hearts. Open your mouths and declare your love and your affections. We set our affections on the things that are above. And we declare your love, our love for you. We love you with our everlasting love because you loved us. You've given us your everlasting love, so we love you back with that love. We, we thank you for being a part of the family of God. You adopted us. You made us. You engrafted us in the olive tree. And, Father, no longer are we separated from you, but now we are united together. We are one with the Lord, as the First Corinthians 7 says, 6 says. We're one with the Lord, and I thank you, Father. I thank you that we have our union with Christ. We thank you that, Lord, he is the, he is the vine and we are the branches. I thank you that we can do nothing without him, but in him we can do all things. I thank you that it's in him we live and move and have our existence. I thank you that I thank you is because that we're able to, um, we're in him, that fellowship, out of that fellowship and out of that union, we're able to flow and minister. And I thank you, Father. We thank you for saving us. Come on, let's thank God for saving us. We thank you for filling us with the Holy Spirit. We thank you for delivering us from the powers of darkness. We thank you for giving us an inheritance in the saints in light. And we praise you. We love you, Lord. And we declare your love. We declare your goodness and your faithfulness. You're faithful to the end. You're faithful to the end. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Glory to God. So today we're going to continue um, kingdom, the Kingdom Living series, and we're going to talk about kingdom. Uh, last week we talked about kingdom prayers. Did y'all enjoy that, that sermon about kingdom prayers? Kingdom prayers. And um, if, you haven't, if you didn't hear it, go back to SoundCloud or Apple Music, I mean Apple Podcasts, I'm sorry, uh, Spotify. Um, I'm still talking to Jay-Z about being on title, so y'all pray. <laughs> that was funny, all right? <laughs> y'all supposed to laugh at that. Um, today we're going to talk about prayers of the kingdom, prayers of the kingdom. And so if you have your Bibles, go with me. Uh, we stopped in 1 Thessalonians. So go with me to Colossians chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1. We talked about this a few weeks ago in our Bible study, but we're just going to dive a little bit more into it. How many know that prayer is important? So when we pray, things happen. Things change. Um, above the things changing, uh, we 
are probably the most important things that change in prayer. So prayer changes us. Amen. Amen. The more you pray, the more you should change. You should go from glory to glory to glory to glory, from faith to faith to strength to strength. And you need to be encountering God. Prayer is not just a ritual formula, but it is an intimacy between you and your maker. So you need to pray so that you can change into the image of Christ. The more you're in his presence, the more you need to change your attitude. There are things that happen in prayer that does not happen any other time. Um, the word does its work, but prayer does its work as well. And so when you're praying, you are in your, the presence of God, and God should be molding you into the image of his son, Jesus. And so the more you're in prayer, you need to be, there needs to be a divine exchange. There needs to be an exchange. Our worries for his peace, our sorrow for his joy, our concerns for his concerns, our burdens for his burdens, our mindsets for his mindset. What, 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 are you, what are you doing? That's utterance. None of those things are in my notes. And so prayer, they're, they're, God uses prayer. God has given, given the body of Christ prayer as a vehicle in which to transport his will from heaven to earth. So prayer changes. Prayer invades the earth. God does almost nothing without prayer. John Wesley, who was a, a mighty man of God, he says that uh, it's as if God, God can do nothing unless men pray. It's as if God can do nothing unless men pray. Some things do not change unless we pray. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes us. Prayer changes people. Prayer changes nations. There's something about prayer and the thing about it, the devil fights people to pray. He'll let you go to church. He'll let you read your Bibles. He'll let you witness. But there's something about prayer. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes us when you do it right. When you really pray, um, prayer is not easy. <laughs> Uh, prayer, I think sometimes we, we, we have a microwave generation and we want things now, but there are some things in prayer that there's sometimes that you, you wait in, on God in prayer. There, there are things that happen in prayer. There are grace deposits. God deposits things in us in prayer. Amen. And then out of that, you flow and you live. You need to protect that union we have with Christ. So before we go to Colossians 1, we're going to go to Colossians 4. Colossians 4. Um, there was a man by the name of Epaphras, excuse me, Epaphras, um, verse 12, who was a minister at this church uh, where the book of Colossians was written. And this minister um, was a um, faithful man in prayer, a man of prayer. And so let's read about him in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant or minister of Christ, Jesus, greets you always what struggling on your behalf in what in his prayers there are things there are battles that will not be won unless you pray some battles can only be won in prayer <laughs> I think sometimes we try to fight battles naturally when God has called us to pray first and so here this minister of the gospel is struggling on the behalf of the people of God at Colossae and um, in his prayers, and this is what he's praying. He's praying that they may stand perfect and mature. King James says perfect. ESV says mature and fully assured, King James says, complete and all of the will of God. So he's praying that they may stand perfect or mature, fully assured in all of the will of God. That's what he's praying. He's praying that they may stand perfect and mature in the will of God. How many know there's a fight in prayer? There is a battle in prayer. And that we need to pray for the will of God. The will of God is not so easy to just say, Lord, let your will be done. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done. But there are things in prayer. Sometimes what happens is as you wait upon the Lord and as you become like putty in his hands, 
According to Psalm 37, verse 4, it says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll grant unto you the desires of your heart. The word delight means to be like putty, to be like clay in the hands of the master. And so prayer softens our hearts and exchanges our will for his will. And as we're, as the word delight is a um, mistranslation, I believe, because it seems like, oh, I'm happy in the Lord. But actually the word delight in Hebrew simply means to be like putty, to be like clay in the hands of the master. So as you are like clay in the hands of the master, he's able to grant, he's able to give you desires where you didn't have those desires before. So it's not like you have a desire and he granted it to you, but no, he gives you the desires and turns around and brings those desires to pass. So when you really pray in the presence of God, God takes your will and he molds it and he places desires. He removes desires and he gives desires. Amen. And when you really pray, things will change. Your desires will change. It's not about getting your shopping list, but it's actually exchanging your list for his list. What's on his mind? What's on his agenda? What does he desire more than you? You, you got to get to a place of prayer that you're willing to give up. You're willing to, to hear what you don't want to hear in prayer. At one point in my life, I was in prayer, and the Lord told me, he says, you are a liar. <laughs> how do you like that? <laughs> that was really encouraging. Uh, what, what, what do you mean? Uh, one round line? No, you say one thing, but you do another. A liar. I mean, know that God sees liars different than we do. We see liars in, with their tongue, and that's part of lying. But the Bible says, and liars shall have their place in the lake of fire. And the Bible says, whoever denies the Father and the Son, they are liars. <laughs> so if you deny Jesus and in, 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 in the Father, you are a liar. And your place and your destination is the lake of fire. Hmm. That that's kind of changes the way we look at liars, liars, right? Liars are people who don't agree with God. Let God be true and every man a liar. <laughs> so when you don't agree with God, you are a liar. <laughs> that went over real well. <laughs> um, let's get back to Epaphras. Epaphras, Epaphras, yeah. Who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you always struggling, always. Look at that word, always. Always struggling on your behalf in his prayers. That, that means he didn't just pray once. He prayed continually. That you may stand, that you may stand. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, having done all to stand, stand therefore. There are a lot of Christians who are falling. They're falling. They're falling out of prayer. They're falling out of the word. They're falling out of righteousness. They're falling away from grace. He's praying that, that, that they may stand. The Bible says in Romans 5, I think I do a disservice by quoting all these scriptures to you. Let's go to Romans 5 real quick. Hold your places here. Romans chapter 5. Thank you, Lord. That anointing is here. Romans 5, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have been justified, just as if we haven't sinned, that's what it means, Therefore, since we have been justified, just as, as if we haven't sinned, just as if we haven't sinned, we have been justified by faith. We have peace with God. Not only do we have peace with God, we have the peace from God and the peace of God. We have peace with God where there was once beef with God, where there was um, um, uh, a, 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 a separation from God. Now we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever God's going to do, he's going to do it through Jesus. God does nothing outside of Jesus. He speaks nothing outside of Jesus. He meets your needs according to his riches by Christ Jesus. So whatever God's going to do, he's going to do it through Christ Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can get to the Father unless they come through me. And so whatever God does, Jesus is the full manifestation of the will of God. He is, the, he is God incarnated. He is God manifested. He is God with us. He is God for us. He's the, he's the God in us. Come on. He's Christ in you, the hope of glory, the living reality of the presence of God in your life. That's who Christ is. And so whatever God does, he's going to do it through Christ. He does nothing outside of Christ. And Christ does nothing outside of the Father. He doesn't, and they do nothing outside of the Spirit of God. They are one. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith 
into this grace. Let's stop there. You know, to get access to something, right? You, you, I mean, I, I've been around a lot of concerts and a lot of conferences, and, and if you are part of the VIP, you have um, a, a card that says access or VIP, right? And that card or that little tag gets you into places that normal people can't go to. But listen to this. Um, it is through our faith um, that we have it's through Christ that we have obtained access by faith into this grace. This grace is not available to everybody, but if you go through Christ, this grace is available through faith in Christ. In which we, what, stand. In which we stand. We stand in grace. There are different dimensions of grace. There's saving grace, right? For by grace you are saved through faith. Faith gives you access to what grace has accomplished. Whatever grace has done, faith gives you access to it. So there's saving grace. There is serving grace. There's a grace that comes upon you to serve in the kingdom of God. And there is standing grace. Grace is at, grace is at its finest when it empowers you to stand. Grace is not just for when you mess up. But grace is at its finest when it causes you to stand when you're tempted. That's good stuff. Man, I'm going to go back and listen to this. <laughs> Standing grace. And so it's through him we have access by faith into this grace whereby we stand. Let's go back to Colossians 4. Amen. None of this is in my notes. <laughs> Colossians 4. Verse 12, this minister who is one of you, a minister, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you always, or greets you, always struggling. Um, if your prayers, if you pray and it's so easy for you to pray, um, there's an element of easiness, but there, uh, there needs to be some struggling in prayer. Um, there is some travailing in prayer. There, is, there are times that you are wrestling with God in prayer, like Jacob wrestled with the angel. You're wrestling in prayer with your will and his will. <laughs> you, God, I'm, God is telling you to do something. I know we like to say, yes, Lord, and we like to say, Lord, we, uh, whatever you want, Lord, I do, whatever. And we need to declare those things. But then when the functionality or the, the reality of those things in our lives, there is still, still some struggling that God will tell you to give up some friends. Uh-huh. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. He's not sent you to everybody. He doesn't want everybody connected to you. Our prayers of the kingdom will get rid of some friends, get rid of some relationships, some relatives that you don't need to be around. That some prayers, some things that have been, kept you in bondage, prayers will break. Amen. Breaking prayers, that, that, that breaking anointing in prayers, some things that you've been struggling with. If you just pray, and I hear my spirit, if you just pray, some things will fall off. And what the problem is, we don't pray enough. And when we do pray, we don't pray right. <laughs> we don't pray the answer. We pray the, we pray the problem and not the word. Prayers of the kingdom. Struggling in prayer. This, this man of God was struggling in prayer on the behalf of the people of God. He, he's, he's going to God on the behalf of the people, and he's asking God that these, his people, may stand perfectly in the will, they may be mature in the will of God. Some are not mature in the will of God. Some are babies in the will of God. They're infants in the will of God. I want them to mature in the will of God. When, when there, there is the good, there's the acceptable, and then there's the perfect will of God. And very few Christians that I know stand in the perfect will of God. I can count on one hand of the Christians that I know who are fully in the will of God. That's scary. And unfortunately, most of you all would die without doing the fullness of the will of God. I know that don't sound good. <laughs> but I'm telling you, just based on statistics, most people are not going to do the perfect will of God. But I'm praying for you. I'm preaching as if you will. <laughs> I believe that you will. That you will not abort the perfect will of God. You'll give up things 
that are needed to fulfill the will of God. You'll set aside the weights, the things that are holding you back from doing the will of God. Let's continue to look at this prayer, uh, what he was praying. That you may stand mature, fully assured. Not only should you be mature, but fully assured in all the will of God. Notice it says in all the will of God. Some of us, we do, part, we do the will of God partially, right? We do partially his will. Oh, tithing, we got that. Uh, reading the Bible, I got that. Um, loving my spouse, I don't got that. <laughs> uh, uh, raising my kids, oh, no, my, the iPod or the, the, the TV or the YouTube kids are raising them. All right, I'm talking to myself. <laughs> um, I'm fully assured in all of the will of God. Um, God wants us to do all of his will, and it starts by praying. It starts by praying. Um, there's a saying that me and Courtney um, say around the house, and we've been saying it for 15 plus years. Actually, more about I've known. I'm, this year we are celebrating 15 years. Glory to God. Yeah. Amen. I threatened. Oh, no, I ain't gonna tell, ain't gonna tell you. <laughs> I don't think y'all can handle it. <laughs> um, <laughs> something. She did something. I said, if you don't act right, <laughs> I want to get my 24 year old girlfriend. Uh, 24, I'm going to marry, she's, the Lord going to take you and God going to give me a 24-year-old. She's going to give me 12 kids. <laughs> 12 tribes. No, I'll just, oh, you're playing around. You got to know us. All right. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. There's like, oh, this is the wrong church. Because, <laughs> you know, PD is only 25, right? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fully assured in all the will of God. And that had nothing to do with my sermon. Uh, fully assured in all of the will of God. So we, we got to go after all of the will of God. You can do, the will, of, you can do um, the will of God in some areas and then be in disobedience in others. All right. You can be disobedient at work, talking about your managers, right? You can, you, uh, you can be disobedient um, how you treat your body. Um, you can be disobedient how, what you say with your mouth. Right. You can be disobedient. What, what are you thinking? So there, there can be areas of disobedience where you're out of the will of God. And there are areas that you are you are maturing. But God wants us to be mature in all of the will of God. Amen. All right. With that said, go up to Colossians four, verse two. You highlight 12. If you have a Bible or you, you have a, the smartphone where you can highlight it, highlight verse 12, that's something you can pray. So if I'm praying for Ashley here, this is what I will be praying. Say, Father, I thank you for Ashley. And then can I lay hands on you and just pray this? Um, use your example. Um, Father, I, I thank you for Ashley in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the things that you have called her to. And Father, I pray that she may stand perfect and mature and fully assured and complete in all of the will of God. I thank you that every everything that you have pre destined Ashley Turner for. May she walk in it, Father. Pray for her future spouse. I pray for a godly man to cover her and to lead her into the fullness of the will of God. May they together walk into the promised land that you have preordained, that wealthy place on earth that you have called them to in the name of Jesus. And I bind the spirit of loneliness and I take authority over that which is missing. And I thank you that she is complete in Christ. I thank you that she stands perfect and mature in the fullness and the full assurance of the will of God. She will not miss it. And I thank you for her career. I thank you for leading her and guiding her as she raised her son in the ways of God. I thank you for giving her wisdom. And I thank you that her household is not lacking. You know the desires of her heart. And I thank you, even as the prophet said of days of old, that she will have an income of two parents. I thank you for the blessing of Malachi 3. She has more than enough for her and her son. Until you provide that covering, I thank you she will be sustained in the perfect will of God. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Go to um, Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. And this, is, this is, should be something that you pray for me and for if you, you have a pastor, you should pray for your pastor. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. How many know that we need to watch and pray? We need to watch and pray. And the word watch does not necessarily mean you look. Look around while you're praying, right? Uh, I'm watching. <laughs> and that's why I don't pray with my eyes closed because I watch. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> Watch simply means to be alert, 
Know what the Spirit of God is saying. He that has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says. Um, you watch. You, you, you are alert. You are mindful of what's happening as you pray. You're thinking about. See, some of us have prayed. Now, I've been guilty. Well, you pray, and you, you, it's thoughtless prayers. Well, you don't think about what you're praying about. And, and what's worse is you don't believe in what you're praying. You mummering words, uh, Lord, um, be with us today. He said he'd never leave you nor forsake you. So why are you praying to, for him to be with you? You pray, pray to answer. I thank you that you're always with me. Uh, Lord, I hope you answer this prayer. No, I thank you that you always hear me when I pray. He delights in my prayers. God delights in your prayers. He receives them as incense unto him, and he's looking forward to answering. He's a God answering prayer. He's looking forward to answering your prayer. He wants your prayers answered more than you want them to be. So pray, be watchful in prayer and with thanksgiving. And then here's, here we go, verse 3. At, that, at, the t at the same time, pray also for us. Pray for leaders of the body of Christ. That God may open to us a door for what? The word. The word. Uh-huh. So you need to pray for your pastor and pray for yourself and pray for ministers that God will open a door for the word. King James says a door of utterance to declare the mystery of Christ on account for which I am in prison. I'm not in prison in Jesus' name. Right? I had a prison ministry, but I'm not in prison, right? Um, that I may make it clear. King James says, that I may make it plain, which is how I ought to speak. So you're praying for me that God will open a door for the word. So, Father, I pray for Pastor Dwayne that you'll open a door for the world, I mean, for the word around the world. I declare that in Jesus' name. I declare so he can declare the mystery of Christ and that you may make it clear for which he ought to speak. In verse 5, that he will walk in wisdom towards the outsiders, making the best use of the time, and let his speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, that, you may, that, you, that he may know how to answer each person. So you can pray this for yourself. Um, this is prayers of the kingdom. Um, God is, is concerned about your needs, but he's concerned about the word, the word greater. The, there's a greater need than your needs. And the, need, the greater need is for the world to hear the gospel. When this gospel of the kingdom is preached, Jesus will come back. So Jesus is waiting for this gospel to be published to every nation. And when this gospel is published, he'll crack the skies. Uh-huh. And so it really shows us that the return of Jesus has a whole lot more to do with us than him. We doing our job. When we do our job, and every generation will do their job, then we'll see the end to return. So pray for doors of utterance or doors for the word to be opened so that the gospel, so that Christ, the mystery of Christ can be preached, that, that you may, and, my, and I may speak it with clear, clarity, and I will speak how I ought, that I'll walk in wisdom. You, you got to have wisdom when you're dealing with the laws, Right? Um, the Bible says, he that is wise wins souls. So you need wisdom into winning souls. You can't just um, use Christianese, right, terms. I know in church we say, plead the blood, right? <laughs> you go to uh, unbelievers, like, I plead the blood. Like, oh, man, that's a blood. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, I plead the blood. Uh, all right. What? This is Christianity is a bloody religion. It is. Jesus died and his blood saved us, right? Uh, but there's a way in which you present that to unbelievers. You show them the need for the blood to be spilled. You take them back to the Old Testament and why that was important, the Leviticus, um, and back in Leviticus, and, and the shedding of the goats, and, and then how it all pointed to Christ. So you walk in wisdom towards outsider. Then you make the best use of your time. What's the best use of your time? Uh, you know, time is something you can't get back. You can get plenty of money, but you can't get time back. You can always get money. Say, I can always get money. I, but you can't always get time back. Right? So we got to have wisdom with our time. You got a small, for those who are parents, you got a small amount of time to raise these jokers in the kingdom of God. You got, you got a small amount of time. 18 years goes by like that. 
Yeah. Oh, you, you, you're high school. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. I didn't start. Oh, God, I got to start having Bible study. Don't wait till they write to go to college. <laughs> you start now when they're toddlers. Let's read the Bible. You're going to sit here. <laughs> All right. Uh, and hear this Bible verse. It may be one verse. It may take us the, your whole 18 years to get through the whole Bible, but it's okay. Right? If it takes 18 years to get through the Bible with your kid, it's okay, all right? Yeah. All right? It's 18 years, right? But you can't get that back. Well, my mom and dad took me through the Bible. Uh, we read the whole entire Bible. Praise God. It took them 18 years, but we got there. <laughs> all right, um, but you have a small amount of time. It said, so make best use of your time. Time is more valuable than money. Let me say that again. Time is more valuable than money. You can't buy your time back. You can't buy your time. Money is something you can get, but time you can't get back. Because once you, there is a, and the will of God has to do with, um, that there are certain things that God has called you to as part of his will, and there is a small window in which you can fulfill it. Right? I'll give you an example. For a woman to have a baby, there is a small window for her to have that baby, babies, Right? Why y'all quiet? I'm not telling y'all to go out and make babies tomorrow. <laughs> but there are, there, there's a small window in which a woman can have a baby. Likewise, there are certain things about the will of God that is a small window for you to do. And if you miss that opportunity, you'll miss the will of God for that. You can't get the will of God back from yesterday that you were supposed to do. Are, are, you, are you hearing me? Yeah. So there was the will of God for you to do something yesterday, and if you fail to do that will, you can't get that will back. You missed that opportunity. So today, you have a new day to, do, to execute the will of God. You have a window of today. If God is telling you to do something today, you need to do it because you won't get that opportunity back specifically for that day. So you, is this happening to anybody? Oh, that's some time. Brother Clint got says, it's time to go. <laughs> um, um, so make the best use of the, you need to pray for wisdom to make the best use of your time. And then it goes on, let your speech always be gracious. I mean, oh, we need to, today, today in prayer, as we were praying corporately, um, the Lord showed us um, that there was profanity in the mouth in our church. That doesn't necessarily mean that it was um, cursing. Curse words, but it could be profanity, something profane could be something contrary to the word of God. When you're calling your kids bad, when you should call them blessed. I don't call kids, my kids are active. I just say they're active. I don't say they're bad, right? I don't, I'm not speak. my words carry weight in their lives. You are, and it originated with me, but you are the prophet of your own life. And what you say will have more weight in your life than what God says about you. If you're saying, I'm just a sinner and I, 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 I'm, I'm a worm, and God says you're saved by grace and you're righteous and you're a saint, what you're saying about your life has greater weight than what God said about you. Until you put what God said about you in your mouth, Amen. you won't see the fullness of God's will. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. And so... You are the prophet of your own life. And as God giving you children and grandchildren, you are the prophet or the prophetess of your family. And what you say will carry weight in your family. My, as far as me, Joshua said, as far as me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Making declarations, right? So make use of your time and have your speech seasoned with grace or seasoned with salt. How many know that we are, are grace? Are using the F-bomb is not gracious, right? Um, um, using um, female dogs, calling people outside is not gracious. Um, you, you need to walk away from that. You, some of us need to repent from that. Um, speaking negative words towards your spouse or to your children or to loved ones or parents or grandparents or, or friends, um, it, it's, not, it's, not great. it's not the will of God. You are out of the will of God when you use speech that does not glorify him. When your speech is not gracious, you are out of the will of God. And your speech needs to always be seasoned with salt, the salt of the word. 
Your speech should allow people to be hungry or thirsty for Jesus. Too much salt will make you thirsty. And so if you get enough God's word in you and on your mouth, you'll make people thirsty for Jesus. And how do you know that? Let's look at the rest part of the verse. So that you may know how you ought to answer each person. So as people inquire of the hope that you have, you can speak to them with season, with your, your words seasoned with salt. Your, your words are filled with faith and filled with the God's, God's life, Zoe. Amen. Amen. That's what you should pray. Let's go to Colossians 1. Colossians chapter 1. Here we go. And verse 9, and so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you. So what Paul is doing, let's start, jump in verse 1. Let's look at verse 1 real quick. Sorry about that, Minister Allen. Verse 1 simply says this, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by what? Right? He didn't, he's not a self-appointed apostle. Right? There are apostles today, but there are a lot of self-appointed apostles. I'm apostle, apostle so-and-so. I, I mean, what church have you started? You got three members, and you call yourself an apostle. Give me a break, right? Y'all shoot me if I don't preach the gospel. Kill me if I don't preach the gospel. Um, Paul, an apostle. Y'all didn't get that. Um, so Lecrae has this song um, on Rebel. He, he says, kill me if I don't preach the gospel. Still in my 20s. Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, so, so he, he, I mean, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus. And let's look at this. By the will of who? God. He's only an apostle because it's the will of God. Right? You are what you are by the will of God. If you are a man, you need to act like a man. If you're a woman, you need to act like a woman. Right? If you are an employer, you need to act like an employer. If you're an employee, act like an employee. Come on. Right? Act your grace. Live out your grace. If you're a husband, you're a wife, you're single, act like you're single. Too many single people acting like they're married. Too many married people acting like they're single. That's utterance. I had no, I had no intention to go in there. But I, but I just stepped into something. I'm like, oh, snap. Oh, Jesus, why am I saying this? So, so, so too many single people acting like they're married. Too many married people acting like they're single. Let's, let's get in line. Amen. We're talking about the will of God, prayer, the prayers of the kingdom. And so from the day we heard, so if you're married, you need to, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands. Stop, wives, stop, stop submitting yourself to other husbands, other men, but to your own husbands. That's deep, right? Some, some wives are more submitted to their pastor than they are to their husbands. Hmm. They're quick to obey their pastor, but but quick to not obey their husbands. Man, that, that's just kind of, I'm just in here, right? <laughs> and, and husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. You never saw Christ take out a wife beater and beat her. All right? Nah. So husbands are not to beat their wives, either physically or with their words. Oh, man. This is crazy. I, I, I mean, you, you, if you know me, I'm not like this. This is something supernatural. So don't beat your wives with your words. And if you're not married and that man is beating you with his words, you need to run for your life. Never allow someone to speak ill of God's workmanship. And the Bible says in Ephesians 2, that verse 10, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. We are not to take the workmanship of Christ or the workmanship of God and speak ill of. So anyone who does not respect the image of God in you is not worthy of you. Amen. 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 Jump down to verse 9. So from the day we heard, what did they hear? What did they hear? They heard of their faith in Christ. They heard that they were saved, that God saved them by his grace. That's what they heard. That's what Paul heard. So from the day we heard of your faith in Christ, we did not stop to pray. We did not cease to pray for you. When a, when a person gets saved, the community of believers need to pray for the unbeliever. We surround this person with prayers. 
We pray that God will keep them. We pray that the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Christ be upon them. We pray that Satan will not take them out. We pray that they will stand. If, if you got, a, let's say, a church of 40 people and somebody gets saved, and all 40 people are lifting that person up every day for a year, what's going to happen? Something powerful is going to happen. Then there's an explosion of God's image being formed in that person because they got prayers going forth. And they got people calling them when they don't see them in church. They got people meeting with them and praying with them and walking with them and meeting their physical needs and financial needs and meeting their spiritual needs and holding them accountable and calling them on the carpet and say, yo, you know you're not supposed to do this. I call you on the carpet. Let's get rid of this. Let's walk this out. Yeah. So we heard of you, Faith. And we didn't stop. See, we, 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 from that day moment, from that moment on, we didn't stop praying for you. And this is what he prayed. Prayers of the kingdom. Asking. <laughs> Who is he asking? Father God. Asking that you may be filled with riches. Ain't nothing wrong. <laughs> this ain't. Nothing wrong with prosperity. But too many of our prayers are filled with prosperity. There's something greater than money. There's something greater than your finances. There's something greater than your body being healed. There's something greater than your relationships being at peace. And that is the will of God. Come on. Asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. Let's stop there. Um, notice um, uh, God wants us to be filled with the knowledge of his will. Uh, you can't walk in his will unless you know his will. Right? You can't know, you can't walk in the will of God unless you know his will. And so Paul is praying for this church that they will be filled with the knowledge of God's will. The fullness of God's will. Let's take a look at this. What's part of, um, Paul talks about often in Colossians and Ephesians? To be filled with the Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine where there is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. We need to continually be filled with the Holy Spirit. Just like a drunk man gets drunk, so shall the believer gets, get filled with the Holy Spirit. We should be drunk in the Spirit. Amen. Filled with the knowledge of God. Filled with Ephesians 3 verse um, 20 says, be, um, or actually above that, 19, be filled with the fullness of God. We need to be filled with the fullness of God, filled with the spirit, filled with the knowledge of God, filled with the fullness of God, filled with wisdom, filled with faith. We need to be filled with those things. Some of us are filled with the knowledge of fear, the knowledge of the devil, right, the knowledge of this world. But we need to be filled with the knowledge of God, the knowledge of his will. What is And, and one way in which you can purposely get filled with the knowledge of his will is by studying the Bible. If you'll read the Bible and you'll read it consistently and you'll ingest the Bible, you'll digest the Bible, you'll inhale the Bible, you engage in the Bible, right? <laughs> you'll be filled with it. Because later on in Colossians chapter 3, he says, Let, let's go over there. I'm sorry. Here I go again, quoting scriptures when I need to be letting you see it. Colossians, Colossians chapter 3, and let's look at verse 16. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you what? Richly. Richly. Let's go back to um, Colossians 1. We, there are some people who are deficient or in poverty as it comes to the word of God. There is a poverty level of the word of God in their lives. So we need to be rich in the word. It is the will of God for you and I to be rich in the word. To be filled up to overflowing. So here, filled with the knowledge of his will, but it's not enough just to know his will, right? <laughs> There's some people who know his will, but then you need this, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So it's a dangerous thing just to have a bunch of knowledge of his will, his word, but then you don't know how to use it. Have you ever seen somebody who knows the Bible? but they misquoting the Bible, like mis misappropriating the Bible, not applying the Bible right. You know what I'm saying? They trying to sacrifice goats. <laughs> Go do likewise. Yes. <laughs> or, or, you know, are we going to, you know, th th those things we got to be careful of, right? You got to rightly divide the word of truth. 
So it's not enough to just know the word, but you got to rightly divide it. Right? You got to rightly understand it and how Genesis and, and Revelation go to hand in hand and how Matthew and, and Leviticus and how Nehemiah and, and Jeremiah connect with Colossians, right? Knowing and seeing Christ in all of these things. And so filling with the knowledge of his will, right? And, um, and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Wisdom is the ability to act on the knowledge that you receive. Right, knowledge is the what, understanding is the why, and the wisdom is the how and the when. Let me say that again. Knowledge is the what, understanding is the why, um, wisdom is the how and the when. You can get wisdom, a knowledge of his will. <clears throat> Let's say God's called you to be an entrepreneur making millions of dollars. Do I have anybody with that call? All right, that was kind of weak. If, I mean, if that was my calling, I would go in right now. All right, let me say that again. Um, <laughs> it is the will of God for you to be an entrepreneur and get millions of dollars for the gospel. Okay. All right. So that's the will of God. You know that's the will of God. God's called you to start businesses. God's called you to make money for the glory of God. Now, notice it's for the glory of God. <laughs> that, that's where a lot of people miss it, right? They miss it right there. Oh, he called me to be wealthy. But wealthy for what? I've given you power to get wealth that you may, what, establish my covenant upon the earth that I swore to my forefathers, to your forefathers. So until your motives are right, he's not going to get you the millions. So my motives got to be, God, why do I want to be out of debt? Why do I, so I can be comfortable. No, uh, so I can live the American dream. No such thing. No, no, no. American dream. Get, get rid of the American dream. Get God's dream. God's dream may be for you to go into Uganda and suffer for Jesus by giving all that you have to the poor and to preach the gospel and establish churches around Uganda. It may be. Some of y'all like, that's not me. <laughs> but you got to be willing. But you got to be willing. You, willing, if the Bible says in Isaiah 1, um, nine, it says, if you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. So you got to be willing. Lord, I'll do whatever you say do. I'll go wherever you say go, and I'll be whatever you say be. That should be the heartbeat of your prayers when you go to the Father. Prayers of the kingdom. Lord, I'll be whatever you want me to be. I'll say what you want me to say, and I'll go where you want me to go. I am yours. That needs to be a declaration. Somewhere along the week, you need to be praying that. Your will be done, not my will. I exchange my will for yours. I go after your will above my, Lord, I give up whoever. I'll, I'll stop watching whatever. I'll, I'll cut the Netflix. I'll cut the Disney Plus. I'll, I'll fast. I'll seek you. I'll meditate. I'll give myself to this gospel. And, and Lord, if, you, if I'm a husband, if I'm a wife, if I'm a, if, if I'm a grandparent, if I got kids, or, or whatever, I, if I'm a worker, I'll do my job unto you. And I'll work and I'll labor and I'll be the husband, the wife, the student, the, the professor. Whatever you've called me to, I'll do it with all my might. The Bible says in, later on in Colossians, it says, whatever, whatever you do, do it heartily unto the Lord, wholeheartedly. So I'll pour my heart into whatever God's called me to. That should be your prayer. So let's say God's called you to be an entrepreneur, to make God millions and millions of dollars for the gospel. Now, you got two cents in the bank. But he's called you. So what is the wisdom? First, you got to learn about money. First, you got to get out of debt. First, you got to understand how money works and credit and all that stuff. And then you got to renew your mind, fill yourself up with the love of God. You love God more than you love money because the love of money is the root of all evil. And so I got to make sure that my love is not attached to this money. So I got to get those things right. My soul prosperity, right? Before my finances can prosper, my soul needs to prosper. My mind needs to be renewed. I need to have the right mindset because wrong relationship with money will destroy you. Get the knowledge of his will. Get the spiritual wisdom and understanding. How do I execute this will? How do I walk this will out? Where do I start? Before You can't start big. You start small. Everything starts small. So you start out by first, if you ain't tithing, you miss the mark. 
You ain't, if you can't give 10% of what you make right now, you ain't going to make millions of dollars. And you, God is not going to trust you with millions of dollars when you can't even give the 10%. Tithing is a test. <laughs> right? It's a test. It's a God test. And so God says, let's see what you do with the tithe. And then once you're tithing consistently, God says, now what you do with the offerings. Offerings is what you decide, right? Tithe is what God decided. Offerings is what you decide. What you going to give on top of that? And then once you get the offering, then let's bust out beyond the four walls, as people like to say. And how do you give towards the waiter, right? You go and you go out to eat. Do you tip? Or do you just like, oh, they, the service was horrible, right? Or do, do, you, do you have a lifestyle of giving? Because if he can get it through you, he'll get it to you. Filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Why? Verse 10. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. So the reason why you want to be filled with his, the knowledge of his will and have all the spiritual wisdom and understanding so you can walk right. See, you don't walk right until you know his will and you have the wisdom to walk right. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Take this out. Fully. Everybody say fully. Pleasing the Lord, right? So I, I want to fully please the Lord. So until I am, I know his will, I have the wisdom to do his will and the understanding to do his will, I can walk according or worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. There's some Christians who are not fully pleasing to him. In the next part, bearing fruit in every good work. The reason why some believers are not bearing fruit in every good work because they don't know his will. And if they know his will, they're not walking in a way that's worthy of him. And increasing in the knowledge of God. So not only should you be bearing fruit in every good work, do you never let your hunger for God die? You constantly feed your hunger. I heard David and Nicole Binion say, um, you know, this hunger that you started as a teenager, 40 years later, is still there. That hunger for God should never die. The zeal of God should never die. It should constantly increase. I've been saved since I was four, and now I'm 25 plus. Uh, uh, that desire has never ceased. If I stop desiring God, that's when I die spiritually. Increasing in the knowledge of God. And it goes on verse 11. Being strengthened. So how many know you need strength to do his will? Been strengthened with all power. Notice this, that um, Nehemiah says this, Nehemiah chapter 6, I mean, chapter 8, verse 10. It says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. What does that mean to you? What brings him joy gives me strength. So as I please him, gives me strength. Been strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance. So God strengthens you so you can endure. And patience with joy. How I many know it takes patience? Uh, you need some joy with that patience, right? If you're just patiently waiting, oh boy. But with some joy, knowing that this is working out for my good. I'm allowing patience to have her perfect work in me. In verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain, a domain of Darkness transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood. And so this is a prayer. This is one of the many prayers of the kingdom. We need to pray for this. And this is how we pray. I'm going to give you an illustration and I'm going to close. Um, this is how I pray. I'm praying for myself. PD, let's say. Um, Father God, I come to you in Jesus' name. I'm asking that you may fill me with the knowledge of your will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So as to walk in a way and a manner worthy of you, Lord. Lord, you know I really want to please you. You're so worthy, and I want to walk in a way that is worthy of you, fully pleasing to you. God, I want to be pleasing in your sight. Let everything in me be pleasing. Let my mind be pleased, pleasing to you. Let my hands and my body be pleasing to you. Let, 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 let my tongue be pleasing. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable unto thee, O oh God. Lord, let, let every part of me, let my eyes be pleasing. I don't look at any woman and, uh, um, and undress her. I have covenant with my, I look at my wife like that, but I, I have covenant with my eyes, 
right? I have a covenant with my eyes. I have a covenant with my eyes. I don't see anything. God, I thank you. But, but that which is pleasing, let the eyes, let, the, let my eyes be pleasing in your sight. Let my ears be pleasing in your sight. Let me hear things correctly. God, let my understanding be fully pleasing, right? Uh, and then bearing fruit in every good work. Lord, I want, when I work for you, I want it to bear fruit. I want it to produce and I want to increase in the knowledge of you, God, increasing in the knowledge of the of saving knowledge of Jesus and being strengthened with might and power according to your glorious might for all endurance. I need the strength to endure. I need standing strength. I need standing grace that when the attacks come, I don't yield. When the circumstances, what are circumstances? Circles that I'm standing in. When the circumstances, circles that I'm standing in, when the circumstances don't look right, I'm able to stand. When money is funny, I'm able to stand. When money is great, I'm able to stand. When I have friends, I'm able to stand. When I have no friends, I'm able to stand. When my mother and my father forsake me, let me stand. When they're with me, let me stand. Come on. Stand, having done all to stand. I, I refuse to move. I shall not be moved. I will stand in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. I won't laugh at that joke. Oh, oh God, I won't use that prophetic, profane word. I won't think those thoughts. Oh, God, I won't expose my mind because I know if I see it, I'll never forget it. God, protect my mind, protect my eyes, protect my ears, protect my mouth. Maybe, you know, I can't if I once I said I can't get it back. I can't. So when you talk about somebody and you go around and you gossip about them, you can't get that back. You may reconcile with that person, but those words are out there about that person. You can't get it back. It's like cutting up a thousand pieces and, and, and throwing them all over the place. And when you use your words and you talk about people, it's like using that. And all the pieces are falling on and you're trying to pick up the pieces. But it's too late. It's out there. The, the harm has been done. Or words have been spoken to that kid and it goes right inside of them. And it stays with them when they're 80 years old. They're still thinking about what happened when they were three. Or the words that mom and dad said. So be careful what you say to your kids. So I need strength to be strengthened with all. I got two minutes to be strengthened with all power according to your glorious might that I may endure. We need some enduring power, right? We need to endure through trials and tribulations. I will not be moved. My love for Jesus is not based on what's happening in my life. Just because things don't go my way doesn't mean that my love, my love does not change. I'm going to be just like him. He's un, he's unchangeable. And so as his son, I need to be unchangeable. I don't need to change, change in the sense of my love, my affection. It needs to grow, but I don't need to, you know, just because things not looking right, I guess I just leave the Lord now. I, I can't get it. I, I just can't make it. I mean, things are always happening. Welcome to the world. Right? You go, like, I'll say this again. You're either at the beginning of a trial, the middle of a trial, or the end of a trial. And you may get a break. And then you go right back into a trial. We go from trial to trial. That's what it means, glory to glory. We go from trial to trial, to tribulation to tribulation. As long as you're on this side of heaven, you're always going to be dealing with something, always fighting to stand. And it goes on. Um, being strengthened, so I'm praying, being strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, that for all endurance and patience with joy. And Father, I give you thanks. Who has qualified me to share in the inheritance of the saints and light? You delivered me from the kingdom of darkness, translated me into the kingdom of your dear son, in whom I have redemption through his blood. And I want to thank you that I'm part, that you've given me an inheritance in the saints and light. I thank you I have an inheritance. The Holy Spirit is, is my inheritance. The name of Jesus is my inheritance. My prayer life is my inheritance. The word of God is my inheritance. The, oh, the Holy Spirit is my inheritance. You've given me the spirit of God and you seal me with the Holy Spirit. He is my inheritance. You are my inheritance, even as William McDowell says, God, you are my reward. The reward of worship is God himself. And I thank you that you are my reward. You are my reward. He is my reward. Yes, you are my reward, God. You are my reward. Father, I thank you for this time as I shared with your people concerning prayers of the kingdom. I pray that we will pray it out before we live it out. May we struggle in prayer, not in the sense of struggling to pray, 
struggle in prayer, praying out our will, praying, exchanging our will for your will, praying people out of our system, destroying strongholds and soul ties that we are attached to things and people and organizations. May we pray these things out of us that are contrary to your will. May no one have more power over us than you, for you are our Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If you hear every eye closed, every head bow, if you hear and you don't know Jesus and the pardon of your sins, you're not born again, I want you to be bold and brave enough to raise your hand and say, that's me. I want to receive Jesus as the Lord of my life. Is there anyone here who wants to rededicate or recommit to yourself? That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His word. God bless you.